Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul hey, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi, and co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hope you had great holidays, respectively. What's up, fellas? I did. I did. I got. I just got back from my annual trip to the uh, theater, Children's Theater production of The Grinch. Do it every right. year. I, it's great to have to, since Ian traditions. was like a little baby. Yeah, every year. It. Does he love stay it. evil this time? Yeah. Uh, nope. I, I just want the remake nope. one time where he's like, yeah, he's just going to be the Grinch forever. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be wouldn't that, just one just one once. time out of all? You know, they're going to play it like fifty different times oh, between now and Christmas. One time, it doesn't really work out for the. What's the little girl's name? Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, right. It does not work out for Cindy Lou Who. She gets eaten by the. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, that took a dark twist. It really did. <laughs> this show will not take a dark. It's all positivity on this show. Well, at least until we get to Patriots Giants, then it's not so much prop positivity. But we will break down all the games. Or if we recap the, the games from Thanksgiving oh, and Black, Black Friday, yeah, brutal. All of them one-sided affairs. The first one so was all first. right. The Packers Lions, right. somewhat entertaining. Give us points at least. We will break down all the games. We'll have three tough questions. We'll have nine players upon whom you can take a chance, and for one of the final weeks, premature speculation Ooh. as well. Let's jump right into the matchup, Scott. Mm-hmm. You've got a particularly thorny one here with Jaguars Texans. Yeah, a lot of a, a lot of. Players that are sort of in the middle on yeah, this one. Yes, I, I have almost exclusively B's and C's in this matchup, except for C.J. Stroud's going to get an A Yeah, he yeah is, baby. At, the, at this point. But yeah. Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving a C to. Texans have allowed the fifth highest pressure rate, which might force Trevor Lawrence to run around a little bit more like he did last week when he scored two rushing touchdowns. We urged you to start Lawrence last week. That was Matt's take-a-chance-on-me player, and he scored four touchdowns last week, by yeah, the way. nice job, Matt. Yeah, nice uh, peacock there. Uh, the Jags have allowed uh, the Texans... The- 
Yes, the Texans have allowed multiple scores in each of the last three, 265-plus yards in each. I think Trevor Lawrence can do okay here, but it's a it's a week with a lot of quarterbacks uh, available, so just yeah. a C-grade there. I'm not chasing last week's box score. No, 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 no. I, we've all been battle-scarred. You don't think Trevor he's going to run for two, two touchdowns? touchdowns no, oh, not on. pass for two and run for No, I'm thinking 265 and one to two scores, which is a you know, low C level. Calvin Ridley, I got a B-grade on if Zay Jones plays he's questionable uh matt Harmon was talking about this week how uh the, the charting on it is when zay is out there teams cannot man press on calvin ridley so that's where his three big games have come he's had three huge days with zay jones out I, there i think that is a statistical coincidence <laughs> it might be but if you think about it kirk is a slot guy and their fourth guy is a gadgety jamal agnew they don't really right. have a guy on the other side to take any coverage uh so a b grade on ridley if he goes c grade if he doesn't go christian kirk is going to get a c grade as well the last four slot guys against the Texans, eight for 72, three for 51, eight for 117, and six for 76. Mm. And these are like Boyd, Dorch, Trey Palmer. Like, these are not like studs tearing them up there. (laughs) Christian Kirk can do well here. Uh, B grade on Evan Ingram, four plus catches in every single game this year, which is crazy to me. That's yeah, and how many touchdowns to show for? Him? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the problem right there. Uh, that'd be zero. Uh, by yes, the way. exactly. He had seven for sixty-seven in the first game, but the Texans have been nice for tight ends, allowing the most receptions and fourth most yards. Travis Etienne is going to get a C grade here. Couple tougher days in a row for him against better run defenses. And last week we we saw Dernis Johnson and Tank Bigsby each get eight and nine touches each. Um, not good, but that was 130 yards total. Uh, and if ETN gets a little bit more work, we can count on 15 plus touches. He's going to get the volume C here, especially because he gets most of the pass game work. Uh, over to the Texan side, CJ Stroud, I already talked about, got an A, is getting an A, but I mean, 387 yards and three touchdowns per game over the last three. That's crazy. That's in, that's insane level of production. I believe last weekend's three interception game for CJ Stroud was his yeah. first in his life. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that does that really doesn't actually surprise me that much. Jags allowing twelfth most twelfth most fantasy uh, points to quarterbacks. It's a good spot for him in general. Over to the wide receivers, Tank Dell and Nico Collins are both getting B grades with Noah Brown on the bench. I'm going to give the slight edge to Dell if you have to choose between them for some reason. He gets the deeper plays when Nico's on the field with him. Uh, they're wide receiver thirteen and wide receiver sixteen on the season. Tank has scored four times in the last three games. But the big perimeter guy has scored in four straight on the Jags. That's kind of where the scorings go. And the Jags have actually allowed a wide receiver touchdown in every single game this season. I think he's the more likely one to score. Uh, Fifth in yards after the catch uh, is Nico Collins. Uh, B grades on both of them. No Brown is out in case you didn't know. Dalton Schultz is going to get a C grade. He scored in five of his last seven. He just keeps scoring. No Brown being out can only help that a little bit more. Um, He did need to score last week, but Kittle went for four for 113 last week on this Jags team. They're allowing the seventh most yards to tight ends. It's a good spot. C grade for Dalton Schultz. And Damian Pierce does return. I'm not going to trust it. No, I'm not I mean, going to trust this it point, this week. At this point, we got to see it first. We got to see it, even though the coach said we're, they're still going to split. 
I gotta see it first, and he did practice in fall. But Devin Singletary is gonna get the gonna get the C here. The Jags allow the most receptions, fourth most receiving yards uh, to backs. It's not really either of their games, but if it's one of their games, it's probably more Devin Singletary's, and he's probably gonna get a little bit more workload, probably a twelve to fifteen touch volume C there. All right, let's go over to the Saints and Falcons interdivisional uh, matchup that uh, could have some playoff ramifications for one of these teams. Let's start on the Saints side, Brian. Yeah, it shouldn't have playoff ramifications really for either. Shouldn't. The whole division needs no, to be nuked, the, the, the NFC South. But, yeah, first meeting of the season uh, for these division rivals. Both teams coming off their bye as well. But starting with the Saints and the running game, Alvin Kamara, just a C from him. Going back to last season, Kamara has not scored against the Falcons in three straight games. And he might have trouble ending that drought because the Falcons have surrendered three total touchdowns to running backs all season. Zero rushing. Mm. And three receiving. Of course, Kamara can catch the ball, so there's some hope. But overall, it's a bad matchup on paper. Opposing running backs are averaging just 109 combo yards per game against against Atlanta. Those aren't great numbers, but you're not going to sit Kamara in this one. Not going to sit Chris Olave either, but I'm close. But I'm going to give Olave a C. Total just six catches for 94 scoreless yards in two games against the Falcons last year. And it remains a tough matchup for him as well. Uh, especially with A.J. Terrell at corner for the Falcons. He'll probably be following Olave a lot. Terrell is one of the, the better corners in the league. The Falcons are allowing less than 11 catches and 130 yards per game to opposing wide receivers, but they have surrendered 11 touchdowns to the position. So Olave remains startable, even in a tough matchup. But I do have Rashid Shahid on the bench charge. Oh, I'm I kind of like him this way. I, I do as well. I, I just like him. don't like this. If you're in a pinch, start Shahid. He probably won't see a whole lot of A.J. Terrell. He feels like more of a DFS dart to me, not like a, a trustable option in, in a standard hmm. fantasy. Even with Michael Thomas on IR, there is a really intriguing rookie receiver for the Saints, so we'll talk about him a, a little later. Yeah, I will. won't mention him now, uh, but I got Shahid on the bench, though, Charge. Charge gives him a C, though, I think. So yeah, I do. we'll leave it up to uh, you out there to decide to, to start Shahid or you gotta, not. You got to pick your spots, but. Well, I pick mine. Okay. You pick yours. But uh, fair enough. Uh, over to the tight ends. Taysom Hill, yeah, tight end, I guess. It depends where you play. Most sites, he's a tight end. And Jawan Johnson, I'm giving both of them a C. We all know the story with Hill. He is a lotto ticket. Uh, but he's hit in each of his last three games against Atlanta. Passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, mm. passing touchdown for Taysom Hill. I know. In his last three. Uh, so you never Talk know what you're going to get. all or nothing guy. you got to pick your, st- your spots. Right. And, you know, Taysom Hill's the definition of and, that. And, that, again, that's last three against the Falcons. Not, not in general, but it. it I don't know. You throw throw a dart every week with Taysom Hill. But Jawan Johnson, I like the matchup for him. Uh, the Falcons are allowing more than six catches and 60 yards per game to opposing tight ends, tight ends that actually play tight ends. So a C for Johnson and a C for Derek Carr. Atlanta is allowing just, uh, sorry, just over 100, and 215 passing yards per game, but they have surrendered 17 passing touchdowns. That's the third most among teams that have played 10 games. So a C for Derek Carr over to the Falcons side. We'll start with Bijan Robinson. He gets a C. Handled 22 carries in his last game played in Week 10. 75% of that the snaps as well. Both season highs for Robinson. So hopefully that trend continues after the bye. No, no. Arthur Smith lost that game. He's yeah, going to go right yeah, back. Prob- he's, probably. He's mad about it. Right? <laughs> uh, either way, a brutal matchup for the Falcons running backs. The Saints are allowing less than four yards per carry. They've allowed just four total touchdowns all season, zero receiving. 
Only two opposing backs have managed to crack 80 rushing yards against New Orleans. And since week three, no opposing back has cleared 25 receiving yards. Mm. So for those reasons, Tyler Algier is on the bench. Even if Arthur Smith reverts back to his same old shenanigans, he did look like a true uh, backup in Week 10. And, uh, again, hopefully that trend continues for, for the Bijan managers. But a uh, bad matchup for Bijan. C for him. Algier on the bench. C for Drake London. Had two decent, two decent games against New Orleans last year. Seven catches for 70 yards and five catches for 74. But that's likely his ceiling against standout corner Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints secondary allowing less than 12 catches and 140 yards per game to wide receivers. Uh, they've also also surrendered just seven scores to wide receivers all year. So the softest of, softest of C's for Drake London, but a solid B for Kyle Pitts. I don't <laughs> oh, care. I know on. he doesn't play really? tight end technically, <sighs> but the Saints have allowed at least one tight end touchdown in five of their last. When was the last time you were right or a, on Kyle Pitts or on your grade for Kyle Pitts? Where he he either hit your grade or the last time, the last time, I I said start him, he scored a touchdown. (laughs) And and speaking of touchdowns, the Saints have allowed at least one tight end touchdown in five of their last seven games. Opposing tight ends are also averaging nearly five catches and fifty yards per game. So a C for Pitts sounds like a John. No, it's not a John Smith game. Well, again, whoever listeners out there, pick whatever side you want there. But I got to see on Pitts, Smith on the bench, and Desmond Ritter got his job back, but he's back on the bench. Church, Church, I, I purposely give Brian the Falcons matchup. Oh, I know you did. I, right? I know you did. I think I think you do that on purpose every time you dole these out, no doubt about it. At least it. Scott just sits there and laughs rather than Church and Matt ganging up on me, but I, I can handle it. It's all good. No, no. I, listen, by now, listeners know to take anything you say about Kyle Pitts with a grain of salt, right, we'll at see. least. Brown's taking on Broncos. Let's start with Jerome Ford with a great, best matchup on paper of his season right here. Broncos allowing a league-worst 182 total yards per game to opposing running backs. That's 40 more than the next-worst defense. Holy cow. They also allow 1.3 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. Third-worst. So, now, Ford should be an A grade here, but last week, Kareem Hunt got as many carries as Ford did and so Ford and Ford only managed 2.6 yards per carry last week. So I'm hedging a little bit on Ford with the B grade here, but Kareem Hunt also C grade because of the extremely positive matchup. Ford gets should get more work, but Kareem Hunt absolutely startable here as well. The only uh, two parts of the passing game you're going to start in this DTR led passing offense. David and Joku. By the way, five drops for David and Joku in the past three, sorry, two games. It's That's been odd. a disaster. But a staggering number of targets with DTR. Get this. David and Joku, the last two weeks, 24 targets. Jeez. Unbelievable. We see this That's all incredible. the time. Rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends. Um, the Broncos allow the most yards per game, the fourth most receptions, and the fifth most touchdowns to tight ends. So David and Joku with a B grade. Amari Cooper comes in with a C grade. Tricky matchup, as they'll almost certainly see shadow coverage from excellent cornerback Patrick Sertain. And here's what opposing number ones have done to Denver lately. Jordan Addison, 44 scoreless yards. Stefan Diggs, 34 scoreless yards. Romeo Dobbs, 30 scoreless yards. Over the past five weeks, Denver's allowing the fifth fewest wide receiver yards, the third fewest wide receiver touchdowns. Two of Cooper's three lowest yardage outputs of the season have come in DTR's two starts. I had a C grade on Cooper. I just talked myself out of it. I'm going bench grade on Amari Cooper. 
And then let's go over to the Denver side. Let's start with the running backs there. Devontae Williams. I see a lot of carries coming in this game. Mm. Browns are easier to run upon than throw. And mostly that's how Sean Payton's been winning games for this past month has been by running Williams, who's had a ton of catches over Denver's four game winning streaks as well. He had 18 touches, 30 touches, 25 touches, just 13 last week, suggesting he's resty and he's ready for another high volume game. <laughs> Cleveland allows the seventh most yards per carry and the, and the Browns do have the best run stop win rate, but through sheer volume, I think Williams remains bankable here and he comes in with a B grade. I do like the volume. In fairness to that 13, they were behind all game, and they were having P. Ryan in the past game. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So that well, might be why he had the yeah. 13. Yeah, you, So, Manjay P. Ryan, third among running backs in receiving yards. It is wow. the truth. Yeah. I would never have guessed no. that. That's amazing. It's McCaffrey, Rashad White, and then Samaje P. Ryan. Holy cow. I... You'd have given me, I don't know, I know. 30 guesses. <laughs> I don't think I would have, I'd have gotten to that conclusion. Zero receiving touchdowns. But Maybe 30 yards, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the passing game for the Broncos, and we'll wrap up this segment. Cortland Sutton, I love the touchdowns, and I'm not ruling one out here, but Cleveland is a very tough matchup. They've surrendered the fewest receptions, the third fewest yards to opposing wide receivers. Sutton will match up most often with Denzel Ward. Ward is allowing just three scores in his coverage, none in the last four games, and just a, a catch rate of just 51%. That's very low by cornerback standards. C grade for Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy, I was ready to get put on the bench, but I think you can attack slot cornerback Greg Newsom a little bit. He allows a passer rating of 105, and he's been beaten for two scores in the last four games. Judy doesn't score very often, but if you're looking for five catches for 50 yards, Judy's your guy, and you can start him here with a C grade. Mm -hmm. um, and that really only leaves Russell Wilson to discuss here. Get this, guys. He's averaging 20 completions per game. That's it. They just aren't passing, and they don't need to. And Cleveland allows... How about this? You want a crazy stat, a Samaje Pirine level crazy stat? Mm -hmm. Browns allowing 14 completions per Jeez. game. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That is crazy low. I don't like the receiver matchups very much for Wilson, as I mentioned, and he's going to face tremendous pressure. Cleveland ranks fourth in pass rush win rate, and Cleveland allows the fewest passing yards, the fewest passing touchdowns. So Russ is on the bench. When we come back, Oh, nine players upon whom you can take a chance. We got four games already in the books. So these are going to be a little deeper dives than normal. That means a lot of these players are going to be available on your waiver wire. Find out who they are when we come back for the second segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup. Let's find out who they are. Beginning with Scott Fish, your quarterback this week. Yes, my quarterback for the week is Gardner Minshew. Uh, mm, yeah, like he it. he's playing a, a, a matchup against the Bucks, who have allowed a lot of really, really good games, but to really good quarterbacks. But they allow the sixth highest pass rate. Teams are always throwing on the Bucks. Uh, multiple scores and 300 plus and three of the last five for Gardner Minshew. The two he didn't were the two games. He barely had Josh Downs. He needs his whoopee out there. His whoopee is going to be out there for this one. All right. I really like him in this one. You mean Jelani uh, Woods is coming back? No. By the way, worst Woods, hamstring Josh injury Downs. in the history of mankind. What happened? They're big. Ha- they're big hamstrings. Season. Yeah. Big hamstrings. <laughs> Good heavens. You take a chance on me. Quarterback Brian. I've got Matt Stafford at Arizona. Now, initially, I was going to take this, like, snarky angle, assuming Cooper Cup was going to miss this game because Matt Stafford averages, like, 50 more passing yards per game when Cooper Cup is inactive. But Cooper (laughs) Cup is going to play in this game. But I'm still going to roll with Matt Stafford at Arizona. Uh, These teams met in Week 6. Stafford only had 226 passing yards and one passing touchdown because Cooper Cup played in that game. But also, Kyler Murray did not play in that game. And we, we love Josh Dobbs in, in, yeah. in Minnesota, of course, but Kyler Murray is an upgrade over Josh Dobbs, a quarterback for the Cardinals. So I see How this game you? being a little more competitive, and the Cardinals are allowing more than one and a half passing touchdowns per game. So I'm going with Matt Stafford at Arizona. Well, it's a perfect lead into my take a chance at me quarterback, who is Kyler Murray. Mm. There we go. So, uh, through two games, I think his passing has looked pretty good. Not great, pretty good. Um, and. His runnings look really good, totally unaffected by the ACL. I mean, it's shocking, including rushing touchdowns in both his games back, averaging 41 ground yards. I did not, I absolutely did not see the running coming from no. Kyler Murray off, the, Murray off the ACL. That one scramble in his first game back, I'm like, oh, he's back. Yeah, he, he's looked, he looked completely yep. like his old self. Yep. The Rams allowed four quarterback rushing touchdowns already, and every mobile quarterback they face has feasted on the Rams. Anthony Richardson, Jalen Hurts, Josh Dobbs all topped 47 yards and two of the three scored rushing touchdowns against the Rams. Kyler's arm is just is just icing on the cake here. The Rams secondary pretty good, but every quarterback except Kenny Pickett and the then very hobbled Joe Burrow have thrown touchdowns against the Rams. Kyler Murray. 
you're taking a chance on me quarterback. Let's go to the running back position, Scott. Yes, uh, Charge gave him a C grade in the last segment, but he didn't go into depth because he knew I was about to about how Kareem Hunt should be in your lineups this week. The Broncos are allowing a league-high 182 total yards per game to the opposing running backs, nearly 40 yards per game, more than the second-worst team. They also allow 1.3 touchdowns per game to opposing running backs. That's good for third most. And the Broncos have the worst run-stop win rate in per uh, ESPN analytics. Yeah, nice job. I uh, totally agree with that because <laughs> our previously mentioned, yes. Yeah. Uh Brian, you're take a chance from your running back. I've got backup Steelers running back Najee Harris <laughs> at Cincinnati. Backup, yes. Yeah. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada Canada fired to everyone's delight uh, except Matt Canada's probably. Uh, hopefully uh, benefits the entire offense. But again, at this point, Harris should be considered the backup to Jalen Warren. We'll talk more well, about that a little is later. The back- He's literally the backup. I, I think he's still considered the no, starter. Well, no, in terms no. of touches, it's like equal. And just, but anyway. Okay. Uh, back to uh, to Harris. There still should be enough meat on the bone for Harris against the Bengals, who are allowing nearly 120 combo yards and a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. And, of course, those stats came with Joe Burrow at quarterback. And, no, Burrow was not good at stopping the run, but he did help keep the <laughs> Bengals' offense on the field, which I'm not convinced uh, Jake Browning will do. So I think we're going to see a very – run-heavy game script from the Steelers. So I got Najee Harris, who most people are very scared to start at this point, and they should be. If you uh, give me a reason to start Ty J. Spears, I will do that, and Caroline is that reason. <laughs> yeah. Now, normally, this is the time of year when Derrick Henry starts battering tired defenses, but not now. He's fading hard with back-to-back massive dud games, totaling 28 yards and 44 yards and barely three yards per carry. And over the past three weeks, Tajay Spears has more snaps than Derrick Henry. Only about half the volume, but half the touches, but about but more snaps. Spears is averaging five and a half yards per carry, a full yard more than Henry. And maybe, just maybe, a desperate Titan staff is going to start looking for some juice from a failing running game that uh, to, to support a failing rookie quarterback. Carolina has allowed the most rushing touchdowns, the second most rushing yards. And Spears also, by the way, he's just really good. Yeah, so yes. let's, you know, let's start him. Yep. Let's go to our take a chance on me receivers. Scott. Yeah, I'm going over to New England. Uh, going to get Pop Douglas in the lineups this week. Giants allowing the third most receptions and second most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. Pop Douglas himself has had a 24% target share over the last mm. four for New England. Five plus catches in three straight. His snaps, targets, catches, yards, everything have increased each week for the, the last month. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, your take a chance on me receiver. I was going to go 2-2 at well. Again, I was assuming that Cooper Cup was going to sit, but he is not. So 2-2 is out. So I'm going back to the Steelers, and I got tight end Pat Fryermuth. Muth. <laughs> He's my take a chance on me receiver. Just one catch in his return last week, but that was against Cleveland. He was he was needed uh, as a blocker, as were the other Pittsburgh tight ends, but I think he sees more work as a receiver in this one. Muth has had at least 75 yards or a touchdown catch in each of his four career games against the Bengals who are allowing nearly six catches and 65 yards per game to tight ends. So I think Muth comes in this week and shines some light on the tight end wasteland. Isaiah Likely is your new mm-hmm. starting tight end for Baltimore. Mark Andrews leaves behind seven targets per game, and I think most of those seven go right to Isaiah Likely, who's got the innate athleticism to run Andrews routes and the Baltimore starting wide receivers are all dealing with injury right yeah. now. So this feels like a likely game coming up here against Los Angeles. Likely started two games last year, 
One of them, he had 13 targets yeah. and 100 yards. The other mm-hmm. one, he scored a touchdown. Likely will face off against the Chargers, the team that's allowed the third most tight end receptions, the second most tight end yards, and they've allowed at least 60 yards to the position in five straight games. Mm. So I like Isaiah good spot. a lot in this one. Let's go back to the matchups, and that begins with uh, this dud. New England taking on the Giants, Scott, on the New England side. Oh, they're being all secretive about the quarterback. Don't we don't want to tell you who it is so that they can't game plan. And, and it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna make this real easy. Uh, I'm benching the passing game for the New England Patriots. Okay. <laughs> no, except, except for Pop, Pop Douglas, Douglas, who I gave a take a chance on me player. Uh the running game, I'm only starting Ramondre Stevenson. It's a B grade. The Giants are allowing a whopping four point six yards per carry, good for fourth war- worst, which is allowing there which has led to them allowing the second most yards and the fourth most rushing touchdowns after a slower start over the last five Stevenson has taken a hold of the backfield averaging 15.6 touches four of those being receptions and 87 yards he's firmly in volume C territory but given the matchup he'll get the B in 11 games a rusher has topped 100 yards nine times you don't say how many nine times nine times nine times over on the other side, the entire New York Giants passing game is on the bench. I know Tommy DeVito had uh, three touchdowns last week. So- somehow two of them went to Barkley, though. That's the guy you want to, you want to start. By the way, it's not a good matchup anyway for no. opposing passers against New England. Saquon Barkley is getting an A grade here. Wow. Weirdly, even with DeVito's big day, it was Barkley scoring points through the air and on the ground. Over 100 yards in four of the last five. Caught at least three passes in all but one. Pats are kind of middle of the pack against the run, but similar volume backs have done well. And five of the six last or five of six lead backs, five backs over the last six weeks, whatever the lead backs have scored against the Patriots. Steelers taking on the Bengals, Brian. I like how tidy that one was. Not a lot to talk about there. Steelers taking on the Bengals, Brian. You already told us you like Pat Fryermuth. So does that mean you like Kenny Pickett as a starter in this game? No, he's on the bench. Let's talk about the running backs a little more. And by the way, another divisional matchup here at another first meeting of the season for the Steelers and Bengals. So uh, but we, we will talk some recent recent history. But first, let's talk about Jalen Warren. Easy B for Warren, borderline A. Yeah. Here's where Warren ranks among running backs with 50-plus carries uh, per pro football focus, which is a lot. Not a lot of carries, but a lot of running backs. But Warren's seen more than, a lot more than 50-plus carries. Yeah. He's first in yards per rush, wow. 6.2. First in 10-plus yards, 10-plus yard runs per rush. Mm. First in missed tackles forced per rush. First in yards after contact per rush. Wow. All first for Jalen Warren in those metrics. Insane. The, again, uh, the Bengals are allowing nearly 120 combo yards and a touchdown per game to opposing running backs. So a B for Warren. Uh, there, there will be some meat on the bone, like I said, for Najee Harris. So he is my take a chance on me running back. Over to the, the passing game, uh, Pat Firemuth was my take-a-chance-me receiver. I do have a C-grade also on wide receivers, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Without doing any research, I can tell you <laughs> Deontay Johnson did not score <laughs> right. against the Bengals last year <laughs> or anyone else, for those who forgot. He had zero touchdowns. Pickens did have four catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown in the most recent meeting, but I like them both the same here. Uh, the Bengals are allowing more than 100, 170 yards per game to wide receivers, and they've surrendered Four scores to the position over their last three games. And uh, Bengals cornerback Cam Taylor-Britz 
should miss this game. Actually, he has been ruled out with the quad injury. So a safe C for Pickens and uh, Deontay Johnson. But again, uh, Pickett is on the bench. Over to the Bengals side, of course, missing Joe Burrow. But we will start with Joe Mixon just to see for him. Mixon has only scored in two of ten career games against the Steelers. Wow. The most recent game coming in 2021. But Pittsburgh is allowing 135 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. And Mixon virtually has no competition for touches out of the backfield. So this is a volume-based play with Jake Browning at quarterback. But just a C for Mixon. Uh, Mixon. And just a C, sadly, for Jamar Chase. The Steelers have surrendered big numbers to wide receivers this year. 185 yards and a touchdown per game. But again, Jake Browning is now the quarterback for the Bengals. So just a C for Chase. T. Higgins, I'm likely to play with the hamstring. He's on the bench either way, even if he does suit up. Uh, Tyler Boyd on the bench. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. If you missed any part of the show and you want all of my player rankings, they're available for free at guillotineleagues.com. What about, what about your pie rankings? Where do you have pumpkin? I'm just kidding. Oh, don't get me going on <laughs> pumpkin. I'm not. No. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. Next up, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Uh, usually, I just go, well, they're obvious ace. Well, they haven't played like it lately. Right. So, let's dive in a little bit. Both of them have slumped for three games, and Las Vegas is not the slump buster that you might think. The Las Vegas secondary ranks 16th by pro football focus. That's not bad. 
Max Crosby's fantastic. Now, the Chiefs do have the league's top-rated run, sorry, pass-block win rate. So, you know, Max Crosby might be neutralized to some degree here, but he's terrific. Cornerbacks Marcus Peters and Nate Hobbs for Las Vegas, both ranking the top third among starting cornerbacks in coverage by Pro Football Focus. And the Raiders have been solid against tight ends this year, although they did a lot big games recently to Tyler Conklin and Sam Laporta. But it's still Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey right. against the Raiders, and I can't get myself to not give them A grades, even though that offense doesn't look right. Yeah, that defense it is kind of carrying the team, which which is honestly scary. Once it starts to look right, man, yeah, then what? <laughs> because the defense has been really good. Yeah. Legarius Sneed, we're going to talk about in a minute. Holy cow! Uh, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco. Man, did I love the way he ran a Monday night? Oh, so hard against a great Eagles mm-hmm. run defense. Compared to the Eagles, this game is going to feel very easy for Pacheco. Raiders allow 146 total yards per game to opposing running backs. That is the second most in the league. And the Raiders allow four and a half yards per carry to opposing running backs, sixth most. The only reason I can't give Pacheco an A grade here, his receiving is completely dried up. We loved that earlier in the year. We're like, hey, we didn't think we were getting any receptions out of Pacheco. And there they were. Not lately. Over the past three games, Pacheco has... Past three games, Pacheco has one receiving yard. Jeez. That's it. So I can only wow. go B grade on Isaiah Pacheco. McKinnon is out, though, for this one. Yeah, McKinnon's one. out so that, for this that one. Might so help. maybe that will give him a couple of receptions. Yeah. Um, if you think that's the case, move him to an A grade at your own discretion. We can't do anything with these wide receivers. I lament this many weeks, and it's an old story that you already know. Really had hoped that Rasheed Rice at this stage, middle of his rookie year, would start yeah. taking command. Right. Not happening. So there's really no receiver you can. Uh, all you, all even, the metrics are there. Matchup. I know. It's it's like the Kyle Pitts of uh, wide receivers. Except he's good. <laughs> Let's go to the Las Vegas side. Josh Jacobs averaging a whopping 22 rushes in the last yeah. three games under Huge. Antonio Pierce, which you love. Uh, but Pierce has also dried up Jacobs' targets. He had been averaging four catches for 30 yards per game under Josh McDaniels. Now it's like free. That's a free seven fantasy points right there out of your running back. But under Pierce, he's averaging one catch for seven yards. That's wow. 1.7 fantasy points. The chiefs pass defense is becoming smothering and the path of least resistance is on the ground. So I think we're going to get a lot of running from Jacobs Four straight opponents have had a runner top 76 yards against the chiefs. And three of those four have scored touchdowns. We've got a B grade on Jacobs. Again, can't go A because he's not catching the ball, but we'll go with the B grade mm-hmm. on Josh Jacobs here. In the passing game, there's only two guys you care about, and they're both um, really almost long shot starts here. Devontae Adams, 13 targets in back-to-back games, which you love. 80 or more yards in both of those and a score. Kansas City secondary surrendered the sixth fewest receptions and the seventh fewest yards to opposing receivers, but here's where it gets really hairy. Adam's going to get a long look at LeJarius Sneed, mm-hmm. and he might be the best cornerback in the He's league good. right now. It's unbelievable. He has yet to allow a touchdown. He gives up a 52 passer rating in his coverage. He just shut down A.J. Brown on Monday, holding A.J. Brown to one catch for eight yards. Yeah. In fact, over the last five games, he's averaging in his coverage one catch for 12 yards. It's unbelievable that a starting cornerback can do that. I can only get you to a B grade on Adams, and really it should be a C grade, but I'm giving him a B just on volume. Jacoby Myers won't see LeJarius Sneed. 
Um, but Antonio Pierce is just killing him. All those runs for Myers, all those targets for Adams have come at the expense of Jacoby Myers since Pierce took over. Myers averaging two catches for 32 yards. Jeez. But because he won't see Legereus Sneed, and instead he's going to see cornerback Jalen Watson, he's given up five touchdowns in his coverage along with a pass rating of 123, so I still have a C grade on Jacoby Myers, and there's no other Raiders that you would consider starting. I've got a league I want to ask you guys about. Okay. Brian's in this league. Uh, this is an empire league. And for those that don't know, it's a dynasty league where half of the money gets paid out every year and half of it's in a rolling pot waiting for some team to win back-to-back years. And then they get the rolling pot and the league dissolves. Don't tell them how much money's in the pot in case the IRS yeah, is listening. Yeah, no kidding, because it's been going for, <laughs> I think, like 11 years now or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So it's been going a long time. I am, well, my who I am is, my role in this is not important. Mm-hmm. We've got a team in this league, Scott, yeah. that yep. is not a very good team. Yep. Two weeks ago, owner in this team started a bye week player. No, no. Not cool. No. Nope. And then last week, started, instead, benched Joe Mixon for Jeff Wilson. Yep. And just to clear the air, it's not me. I'm not that team. <laughs> yeah, you're not that guy. <laughs> okay. So yeah. what is the appropriate spo- response for a commissioner here? I feel like if it's if it's reported in time to do so, you, you fix the lineup. I, I believe leagues need to have valid starting lineups unless otherwise stated. I have run leagues and had leagues mm-hmm. that tanking is 100% allowed. We're like, tank if you want to. It's understood if everybody knows going in. But, like, we've been we've both been playing for over 30 years. S- setting valid lineups and, and not tanking, not intentionally tanking, has been a rule forever. It's the one of the most known unwritten rules in fantasy football. Correct. And in this case, we've got a lot of money on exactly. the line that the integrity of wins and losses is a very big deal. When Absolutely. you're trying to lose, you're giving wins to somebody. You're giving that's... free win. I, I get the tanking to help your team, um, and that's why I have leagues where you're allowed to tank. Mm-hmm. But if it's not explicitly stated, you can't be allowing that. No, I don't. So, what do you do in retrospect? Yeah, that's that. That's hopefully it's reported in time that the commissioner can fix it. In in leagues that I have that don't allow tanking, Mm -hmm. if it's reported before that Thursday morning stat correction, we're able to fix it. All right, but what about? It's one thing if a player's just on bye, right? You put a bye week player in. That's pretty easy. What about? Benching Joe Mixon for Jeff Wilson. Yeah, so my my rules have bye week injured or obviously inferior players. Like right in my bylaws. I don't know your bylaws for that league, but yeah, we we generally fix a lot of those. Okay. One, one way it, it to... doesn't happen too often because I, I vet my owners really well, but you got you get you get a person like that sometimes. One way to mitigate this in, in this league, in any league, whether it's Empire, Dynasty, Redraft, is you have the, the last place penalty, whether it's you go to uh, yeah. I hop and death by waffles or uh, or waffle house, whatever, or it's a monetary I, penalty for coming in last place. Like you got to pay the first place team's entry fee or something like that. I don't know, but a I, last place penalty. Yeah, that helps. I, I have a lot of leagues that do uh draft order by potential points instead of your starting lineup points mm-hmm. or your win loss. Mm-hmm. And that way, when someone benches a stud, it does nothing does for their draft order. Up. So they that's don't really interesting. It, it has that's co- really it, interesting. It, that's, that's what uh, one company does. And it has completely removed tanking from the situation. Nobody right. tanks because it doesn't matter. All right. That's, I had never heard that suggestion. That's a really good one. I will say I am playing this team this week and he, he's been a big boy and he has a, a big boy lineup. Good for you. 
you know who you are out there if you're listening. Oh boy! But there is a, there is a compliant lineup. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. This week. I'm yes. glad to hear that that's the case. What do you do? We're rolling into this weekend. We've already had four games played. What do you do if you're way up, like you, or, you know, if you're way up because you started, you know, Dak Prescott or you started uh, Christian McCaffrey, you started Jordan Love, or uh, what if you're way down because you started Zach Charbonnet or Brian Robinson or AJ Dillon or DK Metcalf or TJ Lockett or Geno Smith? What do you do if I, when either of those scenarios as you head into this weekend's play? I, I feel like we talk about this every year. That you, we do, right? At this very at this very day, every year we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, every year. It's you go for the higher upside plays, even though the even though the floor isn't there. You you switch it up and go for the guys you think Wait, can if have, you're up or down. If you're down. Okay. You, that, I think it's the you know, it's just the reverse for both of them. You play it safe if you're up, you you do the best upside play if you're down. But mostly I think People don't have a lot of those bench options. You just play your best players regardless most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, if you're down big, you got to try and stack players from the same team if, yes, you, if you can. Or good. you remove correlation from your opponent. Say, I have the quarterback and right. you're that's beating me, Charge, and you've got yep. their number one wide receiver. I got to go another quarterback because I'm not I'm not going to catch you. Yeah, yeah vice yeah. versa. If you're ahead, you, you look for that correlation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is Geno Smith going to finish the year? Uh, will he play out all of the games as Seattle's starting quarterback? I think if healthy and they're still in yeah, the playoff hunt, I think I think one that's or the it. other. Yeah, but if they fall out of the playoff hunt, which would be hard in the NFC, even though I the, know. The, the Seahawks Nobody are wants sliding. It in the NFC. I think if they do, then they maybe give Locke a look. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes for now. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes as well. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Gen- right now with Geno Smith, it does not look particularly good. At the mm-hmm. moment, I don't think. No, nope. I don't think. I don't think so either. There's a there's a lot of questions around that. That uh, let's go to Jake Brown. How about, how about that catch from Njigba the other day? Oh yeah, that oh was fantastic. That was fantastic. He's, he's the one hander. Yeah, the little shades of Odell Beckham, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I thought so too. Uh, Jake Browning's effect on this uh, Bengals offense looks like it's going to be potentially severe. What are your feelings on Bengals going forward? And you know you're probably going to start Jamar Chase yeah, the rest Chase. of the year, but everybody else Chase is the one Joe you Mixon. trust. And for Mixon, for for everybody else in that offense, I think the best thing you can possibly do is tune into Fantasy Football Weekly every and, week yeah, to get our idea. grades on those I, players. I really like that idea. I, I think that's the best you could do. <laughs> uh, Browning's got a little mobility to him. Yeah, the passing looks pretty suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I know I'm pretty I'm pretty nervous about the rest of that group. And even Chase, I think, is going to have some dud games get mixed in that are going to frustrate a lot of yeah. owners. Yeah. I got a question for you since we're just randomly asking questions at yeah. the end of this segment. Who's and the this ro- isn't even three tough questions. Coming I know. Up next. Who's the rookie wide receiver you want most next year? Jaden Reed, Puka Nakua, Tank Dell. There's so Jordan Addison. It's Tank Dell. Is it Tank Dell? The quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you think he'll all- be the highest ranked rookie in Dynasty or, you know, for Dynasty Leagues next year for. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Uh, C.J. Stroud has a chance to be awesome. Yeah. Like, like you know, if we you know, the, the if we roll the clock Stroud. ahead one or two years, he might be the best. The new Mahomes. Quarterback. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's possible. By the way, C.J. Yeah. Stroud, this isn't a betting show. Yeah. C.J. Stroud to an MVP. Rookie of the year is already done. Yeah. MVP plus 1,800, 18 to 1. Yep. And who's in his way? I mean, sure, Jalen Hurts' team is nine and one, but Hurts mm-hmm. hasn't played that well, honestly. And or Patrick Mahomes, he hasn't played that well. Mm-mm. The AFC is like it's up for grabs. Houston's one game out of 
first place with a tiebreaker. One, you know, they're one win out of first place in the AFC. So to win MVP, you've got to be a really good quarterback on a highly seated team. Yep. That could be Stroud. It absolutely could be Stroud. I like it. 18 to 1. I like it. Yeah. Where if you are in a legal, you're in an area where you can bet legally. Yeah. That is something you could uh, you could give some thought to if you wanted to mm-hmm. as a possibility. Uh, all right, so let me hit you with a couple other uh, time killers here before Jeez. we get to three. I, well, I know, I know. <laughs> this before is we get inc- to three tough questions, incredible. I know it is incredible. We've I don't think we've ever had a ever had a segment with so much free available time in. Well, it. yeah, we we only did one, one one matchup in this segment. I know we never have a one matchup no. segment, but that's just how it worked. I blame the Patriots and the Giants, by the way, for that. Yeah, and then we'll <laughs> we'll roll right back into the matchups in just a few minutes. Uh, but let's talk Browns for us for just. Just a splash for a second here okay. on Browns. Yeah. Jerome Ford is yeah. a power, you know, as a lead back on a team that now almost has to run the ball. I think he could be a sneaky league winner kind he of guy. He could be. He could be. And people don't see him that way at all. Not at all. Yeah. But I think there's a chance Jerome Ford's going to be one of those guys where you look back and go, yeah, he powered me through into and through the playoffs. Well, they're going to run and play defense in Cleveland. That's that's the game plan. That's about all they that's can no do. no shocker there. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. All right, when we come back, three tough questions. You'll want to see if you can go 3-0 and against our co-hosts, Scott and Brian. Also, later on in the show, a segment we love. Premature speculation. Guys, you can pick up now that the rest of the league will be trying to pick up, but they'll already be on your team. When we come back for our number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two. Paul Jarchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. You can follow us on the site formerly known as Twitter. I am at Paul Jarchian. Scott Fish is at ScottFish24. Mm-hmm. And Brian is at BTXJ. This is a game we call Three Tough Questions. Tough question number one. For the rest of the season, Baltimore tight end Isaiah Likely will most commonly get what letter grade on this show? A, B, C, Ooh. or bench? Now, you already know he got a B grade for me yep. earlier in this yep. show. Oh, uh, did we do that one yet? Uh, yeah, we no, did. We have, I we used did. my take a chance on me. Oh, that's... We didn't break it down yet. Oh, we didn't break down the B grade. All right, so let's begin with Scott Fish. All right, so I think it's going to be between a B and a C for most of the matchups here. Uh, I put C, though. My my thoughts here are the Ravens went heavy to Beckham after Andrews left. That's where the ball started going once Andrews was down. They didn't immediately shove likely into that role. And you talked about the two games last year. One of them, there's one catch, one touchdown. That's all it was. The other one was a week 17 game where Anthony Brown started their two top wide receivers and their top tight end were out. And the, the decaying corpse of Kenyon Drake was in it running back because all their running backs were injured. They had to go to <laughs> Isaiah likely 13 times. I do like that. They went to him, but I'm not as confident as if those two were two normal games in the middle of the season with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I feel like there's there's something to be said for the fact that they went to Beckham so much right after he went out. So I'm going to go C grade. He's going to get some Bs, though. There are some matchups. All right, Brian. Rest of the season, Baltimore tight end Isaiah Likely will most commonly get what letter grade from this show? Definitely no worse than a C. We wouldn't be giving Mark Andrews a C in any matchup if he were healthy. And we know Andrews is going to miss most of the regular season, at least through week 17. Yeah, this, what we this care question about. is presuming right. Andrews does not play yep, 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 the yep. fantasy Just season. wanted to hammer that home. but So, likely will be the starting tight end. But you know what? They have other tight ends in Baltimore. Uh, Charlie Kohler, I believe, is one. Hmm. I say it likely might be needed to play wide receiver, and he can do that. That's OBJ a, is banged up. Zay Flowers banged up, even though he's looking likely to play on Monday yeah. night. Rashad Bateman, just not very good. So there's some shootout potential on the horizon starting this week at the Chargers. Uh, the 49ers on the docket. That is actually somewhat of a, a favorable matchup for the for opposing pass attacks. So I got to be on the majority of the games remaining for uh, Isaiah Likely. Five games left, including this weekend. Only one difficult matchup, San Francisco, mm-hmm. on the schedule. The other four are somewhere between neutral and easy. And I've already gave you a bunch of key points about Isaiah Likely earlier in the show during Take a Chance on Me. Now, if you don't know, Isaiah it, Isaiah likely is not a blocker. He is a pure right. receiving tight end and athletic enough to replace Andrews' routes. He can run those routes. Uh, Andrews, to this point, has six touchdowns. All mm-hmm. of the rest of the receivers on the team have six touchdowns. Yeah, This is a offense that offensive coordinator Todd... Munkin. Oh, there's their thing. Don't Baltimore. call me. Thank you. Art. Jesus. Munkin schemes his tight ends for scores, and I don't think he's got to change it for Isaiah okay. Likely. Most commonly, B grade. Okay. Tough question number two. Rest of season, Chicago quarterback Justin Fields will most commonly get what letter grade from this show? We begin with Brian Johnson. All right, looking at his uh, last five games uh, from a fantasy perspective, again, ending in Week 17, uh, starting this week. And this is just from a purely passing perspective, in my mind. At Minnesota, I got a C, then uh, bye, then home against Detroit. That's a B. At Cleveland, that's a C, maybe bench, maybe bench. Arizona, B, Atlanta, C. 
But just, uh, Justin Fields doesn't just rely on his arm. No. He's got legs, of course. So I'm bumping all those <laughs> grades up a notch based on his legs. And if you do that, I got mostly Bs for, for Justin Fields. Scott, rest of season, Chicago quarterback Justin Fields will most commonly get what letter grade on this show? It's it, almost exactly word for word what I had. I went through, but I did not split it up. I have him with four Bs and one C. Uh, the Browns one being the really the only tough spot where I don't feel I can you know confidently start. Uh, Justin Fields. Four of the five remaining games are against teams that are in the bottom half of quarterback rushing yards allowed. Yeah. And only Cleveland looks like the stopper. Yep. But even then, because of the rushing, he's still going to get a, a C grade in that game yeah. coming into it. He might finish yeah. might finish better than that. Offensive coordinator Luke Getze, God bless him. And I haven't said that often this year. I love the fact that last week, the first game off of him missing all, you know, a month of service, they ran him 14 times. Right off the bat, too. By the way, I think the three games, if you don't count the Minnesota game where he got injured, I believe that his last three games he's had like 30 fantasy points each. And I think that's probably his last three. Play. He's games. averaged 65 rushing yards in yeah. his in his last since week four. I think that is three games. Um, he's been a top 10 quarterback in every full game he's played since yep. week four. Uh, already a B grade this week. I think he's going to finish with A grades against Detroit and Arizona, C grade against Cleveland, and a B grade against Atlanta. You mix all that together. Oh, it's almost an A, but it's, it's gonna almost a, an A. It's going to be a B grade as the most common grade for Justin Fields. Tough question number three. All right, let's fast forward to Tuesday. Yeah. Should I sabotage drop Garrett Wilson? He ended up with a garbage time touchdown in right. the end of Friday's game. Obviously, well, and again, we clarified last week. You weren't here for this, Scott. We clarified exactly what constitutes a sabotage drop. You know all about it. It's got to be somebody good enough that your opponents will pick them up, start them, and they'll hurt your opponent. And also waste fab money. And hopefully waste fab money or or roster positioning or whatever. So, yes. Uh, So, fast forward to Tuesday. Should I sabotage drop Garrett Wilson? Scott. I am going to lean no and... (sighs) I, I'm not even that strong on it, but he's seen 25 to 30 percent of Tim Boyle's targets uh, in, in the game in a quarter or whatever. Uh, he had 10 targets in that Friday game as well. The garbage time touchdown, the yardage is going to be low, but it's a lot of usage. And my thought process is you're probably replacing someone's wide receiver three or four in their lineup. And Garrett Wilson, what he's going to do going for forward is probably actually helping you know a little bit better than what that person probably has on their team so i'm gonna go with no but i get it i get it brian fast forward to tuesday should i sabotage drop garrett wilson initially i was gonna say no too because all season from the moment aaron Rodgers went down which was the first drive of the, the, the the season for the jets garrett wilson has managed essentially put up wide receiver two numbers mm-hmm. before last week. That's not the black Friday game. He th- total dud last week. As we mentioned, he had the garbage time touchdown on, on the black in the black Friday game against the dolphins. They have the dolphins again in week 15, but looking at the two games before that versus Atlanta versus Houston, those are bad matchups where I might give Wilson a C if Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Then they get Miami again, where he, hit, he only had the, the 29 yards in the garbage time touchdown. You can't bank on that again. Then Washington, Week 16, the only good matchup. Week 17 at Cleveland, you're not touching that. Oh. And that's a Thursday night game, too. Gross. So, hmm. sabotage, drop them. Listen, okay. y'all, y'all. Okay. It's a sabotage. So, we're at a point in the season where I think we can start talking about the playoffs. Yeah. And ask yourself this. Can I win my league 
starting a Jets wide receiver three straight times? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No. Nope. No way. And that's why we're going to sabotage drop okay. Garrett Wilson. Unless you want to roll the dice, maybe on like Aaron Rodgers coming back, you know, way earlier. Or, or Tannehill getting released and <laughs> jumping over to yeah, the Jets. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be a change of quarterback, which it's not. I don't think it's coming. Um, it seems very unlikely anyway. And as Brian mentioned, I added this in my notes too. The Washington start is the only one where you feel like I can put him in my lineup and feel good about Garrett Wilson. All the rest are bad. And then the week 17, and I'd like to believe I'm playing in week 17, total stopper for Garrett Wilson. Let's sabotage drop him and see what happens. And again, don't do it just to do it. It has to benefit you. Maybe you improve your waiver position or you're going to knock out the fab leader in your league or anything. It's going to hurt my, it's going to hurt the guy that my opponent that picks him up. That's how it benefits me. I think bucks taking on the Colts, Scott, Mm -hmm. um, Baker Mayfield, somebody yeah. we've talked about many, yeah. many times in this show because he keeps popping we're, up with these positive matchups, and he's going to take a chance on me staple. Yeah, we're not even allowed to ch- no, you choose him for like, take a done, chance yeah, on me. We're done with Baker Mayfield. Yes, we're, we're done. We're so, done. What do you think about him this week? It's another okay spot. I got a C-grade on him. Four of the last five QBs to face the Colts were hauled under 185 yards. Uh, the last five quarterbacks combined for five touchdowns and eight pecks. It hasn't been stellar, but Baker's getting 230 to 280 yards, one to two touchdowns. Those quarterbacks that face the the Colts, I would say at Baker's level or worse. And the Colts have given up the eighth most touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I got a C grade. I don't, I don't love it, but I'm gonna guess you might have a better matchup with yeah, nobody probably. on by. So I can see benching him. Mike Evans, I got a B grade on. He's still seeing 40 percent of the team's end zone it. targets, which is that he's scored in seven different games, scored in four of the last five. Lead receivers against the Colts are averaging seven for 98 yards on 10 targets. I can see Mike Evans doing that. I got a B grade there. C grade on Chris Godwin. He scored just once this year <laughs> because know, Mike Evans has gained all, all that. Rest, yes. Yeah. And hasn't topped 60 yards in a month, but he's still getting six plus targets. He's getting four plus catches in almost every single game. And that four to six catches, 40 to 70 yards with no scores, that's like that C level. Yeah. 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 You're getting barely over double digit points from him. Bench grade on Kate Otten. He's seen better matchups. And he, despite playing 95% of the time, he's averaging like three for 30. Nah, and you need to score. Yeah. Rashad White, B grade there. I love the usage recently, especially in the past game. Mm-hmm. Over the last five weeks, White has turned into a bell cow, averaging 19 touches, five of them being receptions. Five receptions wow. a game. Wow. Of, like you had 30 yards, you're getting like eight, <laughs> eight points minimum, nine points minimum through the past game. He's also scored four times in the last three weeks. Uh, he converted four his uh, four of his five attempts inside the five. I know Charch loves that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts' eighth easiest matchup for opposing runners. We just watched Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson go for 190 total on this team last uh, in the last matchup. Over to the other side, Gardner Minshew was my take a chance on me player, and a big part of that is because he's got his whoopee, Josh Downs coming yeah, back. All right. I have a B grade on Josh Downs. No team allows more fantasy points to the slot than the Bucks. In fact, they allow twice as many fantasy points to the slot as they do to the perimeter. Wow. The only other team in that category is the Steelers, which they don't they're not really playing a great slot guy this week anyway. Uh last two weeks were not good and not good slot match uh slot matchups, but this one is. Uh the two previous that he had where there was a good slot matchup, he went seven for seventy two and then he had a hundred plus yard and a score day. 
Uh, Bucks allowed the second most touchdowns to the slot. Just mm. they're bad all around mm-hmm. against the slot. Uh, Alec Pierce, cardio boy, running ninety percent oh. of the routes, seeing ten percent of the targets, is on the bench. Jonathan, cardio, t- cardio boy, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, B grade. Moss dropped from fifteen touches to eight to one touch last week. And you know Moss had played pretty He's well, pretty on well this season. Yeah, yeah, but since getting that full work well workload from Jonathan Taylor over the last 3 weeks, he's averaging over 20 touches, 90 yards, scoring 3 of those 4. Tampa Bay, it's a good defense against backs. It's mostly cuz they don't run a, people teams do not run a lot on them. Um uh, it's fourth hardest, but only four backs have had more than 15 touches against the Bucks. Those backs averaged about 110 yards. So I have a B grade on Jonathan Taylor. All right. When we come back, Panthers take on the Titans. We'll see if there's any Panther other than Adam Thielen that you dare try in this matchup. <laughs> I, Brian's tempted to uh, no, to answer that now. No. Don't. You got to make people wait for an exciting <laughs> let's, Panthers Let's just matchup. drop all the Panthers except for Adam Thielen at might, this point. That might be the case. Uh, we'll find out when we come back. More Fantasy Football Weekly. Stay tuned. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly, a big block O matchups for you. Beginning with Panthers-Titans, doesn't feel like there's a lot of meat on this bone, but Adam Thielen's been really good. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that, right? Yeah, if there was a vegan matchup, this would probably be oh, it. Like so, it. Uh, yeah, Adam Thielen, we'll start with him. He gets a B. With head coach Frank Reich back to calling plays, Thielen is money in the bank. Again, he's seen double-digit targets in back-to-back games and in five of his last six. The Titans are allowing 15 catches, 182 yards, and one touchdown per game to wide receivers. And honestly, that whole line could go to Adam Thielen in this game. It's not going to Jonathan Mingo, who's on the bench. Through nine games, Mingo has totaled 24 catches for 226 scoreless yards. We're talking about the fifth wide receiver taken, the 39th overall pick. Wow. I mean, Tank Dell, Bukunet, like the list goes on and on it. Carolina bricked this draft bad. So that uh, speaks to Bryce Young. He is on the bench. Tight end Tommy Tremble on the bench. And Miles Sanders and and Chuba Hubbard on the bench as well. Just when it looked like Hubbard was going to take over a full-time role, he and Sanders both touched the ball 12 times last week and played an almost equal number of snaps, 29 to 27. Tennessee's one-stout run defense has somewhat eroded, but you can't trust Hubbard or Sanders against anyone at this point. I thought Sanders ran as well last week as I've seen him all year. Yeah, he looked he looked good, but it's still not a great matchup on paper. I am not, uh, I'm not advocating starting right. him. I'm just noting I thought he looked he looked kind he of did. spry. And worth mentioning, the Panthers. If anyone is still contemplating starting either of these backs, uh, lost starting right guard Austin Corbett to IR. So bad all around for Carolina. Over to the Titans side, A oh, grade our, our fantasy a- fantasy Fonzie. For Derrick Henry, this should be a vintage King Henry game. And sadly, it might be his last of his career. But uh, this is a a smash spot for Henry, who faces a Panthers defense allowing 115 rushing yards per game to running backs. That's on the ground alone. That is the fifth most. Opposing backs also averaging nearly five catches per game against Carolina, who have surrendered 16 total touchdowns to the running back position. That is the most. And that is why Tajay Spears was your take a chance on me running back charge. He will certainly have a role in this game Mm -hmm. as well. And uh, the last Titan that I will give a starting grade to is DeAndre Hopkins, but just to see, Hopkins has seen a 26% target share with Will Levis as his quarterback. That is good, but Levis is not, <laughs> and this is also not a great matchup. Teams just do not throw on Carolina. They don't have to. Carolina has yielded the third fewest targets to wide receivers who are averaging a measly 11 catches and 100, 130 yards per game as a whole against Carolina, and that's why Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Kyle Phillips on the bench. Traylon Burks has been ruled out again. And then Chigo Conquo, Trevon Wesco, and Josh Wiley, the tight ends, all played exactly 16 snaps last week. Why do you They're on the bench. Because I look, <laughs> I want, we all wanted Chigo Conquo to be something, but he is sadly not, no. at least this year. Derrick Henry got me chopped in two guillotine leagues last week, and now he comes back this week with like the primo yeah, opportunity. He's going to rub of salt course. in that wound, unfortunately. Ravens taking on the Chargers. Let's talk this one through. Speaking of guys that have been underperforming, Lamar Jackson actually playing pretty well, but it hasn't equated to fantasy box scores, Hmm. but it will this week. Chargers are the opponent. They allow the most passing yards, and it's not close, by the way, 311 per game. The only quarterbacks who have failed to score multiple touchdowns against the Chargers are backups. Jackson's got an elite matchup all over the field, including uh, even at the tight end, right? Isaiah Likely, who we like. Chargers are a decent run defense, so there's less likelihood of Gus Edwards dominating the touchdowns like he has of lately. 
Chargers lost Joey Bosa to a foot injury, so Jackson's going to have time in the pocket. There's just so much to like about Lamar here. This is an easy A grade for him. Let's go to the receivers. Uh, let's start with Zay Flowers, who says he's going to play. Uh, Chargers have allowed the fourth most yards to wide receivers, second most scores to the position. Flowers runs from all over the field and has a particularly primo matchup against cornerback Michael Davis, who's allowed six scores, the second most among all players. Flowers' problem, though, is touchdowns. He's got one on the season. And because of his diminutive stature, I just think he's not a an end zone target. He has had two called back annoyingly. Ah, that is frustrating. And if you're banking on Zay Flowers, he says he's going to play, but this is the Sunday night game. You might want to grab Nelson Aguilar just in right. the event. Your backup. Yeah, great call. Of a great late call scratch or something like and by that. The, Odell Beckham's also a game time yeah, decision. So. so he's got the shoulder injury. So another reason you could go get uh, Nelson Aguilar, who's actually been fantasy startable in a couple of these spots over the course of the season. Um, for Beckham, who's scored and or topped 100 yards in three straight, this has been an impressive run that he's on, but he's constantly dinged up. Like Flowers, he runs on the outside, so he's got all the same advantages that I just talked about with Zay Flowers, who, by the way, if I didn't mention it, comes in with a B grade. I've got a C grade on Beckham. It would have been a B if he were fully healthy, but only the C because he's not. Let's go to the running backs. Gus Edwards, totally touchdown dependent, but those scores have certainly been coming. Nine touchdowns in his last five halves. All coming within the 10-yard line. I can only give him a C grade here because the usage. How come you didn't say in his last five halves he has scored nine times? That's a great point. Why why wouldn't I do (laughs) that? Jeez. What's wrong with me? He's Uh, right there. Right there. I can can only give him a C grade because the usage and yardage is shrinking. Keaton Mitchell's emergence is real. He only had a 38% snap count, snap rate last week for Gus Edwards. C grade for him. And then the aforementioned Keaton Mitchell, also a C grade. Coming off a career-high thir- uh, 24 snaps last week. Still only got him tw- eight <laughs> carries. So, But we got to figure he's trending in the right general direction here. Startable with the hopes for a sizzling highlight play. Chargers allowing the 11th most yards per game to opposing running backs. So the opportunity's there. I'm going to go see great on Keaton Mitchell. And wow. He how, brings in a long one. How big of a season would J.K. Dobbins be having right now oh, if he had man. stayed healthy? Another planet, right? Oh, yeah. Brutal. I know. I know. Yeah, we, we, we called that, though. Which part of it? We call J.K. Dobbins, like this this other multiversal yeah. world. J.K. Dobbins, that's a great one. Let's go to the Chargers oh, side of, uh, of this game, beginning with Austin Eckler. A rare B grade in a tough matchup for him. And you got to factor in some recent dud games for Eckler, too. Coming off his season-low 12 touches, Eckler, surprisingly, has the eighth-worst running grade by Pro Football Jeez. Focus. And the Chargers' offensive line is the second-worst run block grade. Ravens are a middle-of-the-pack uh, run defense by most metrics, but they do give up four and a half yards per carry. That's ninth most. So you've got an angle here on Eckler. He's still, obviously, you're going to start him, but I just don't have the usual optimism I normally have on, on Eckler in this game. All right, let's go to the um, let's go to the passing game. And I want to start with Justin Air Bear. Baltimore's allowed the fewest passing touchdowns, 0.8 per game. Only one quarterback has topped one touchdown against Baltimore all season long. Your tiny window of optimism is that the Ravens haven't played any top-tier quarterbacks aside from Joe Burrow, who was hurt in both of the Ravens games. And then the Keenan Allen matchup's tricky, too, and normally that's your go-to guy. I just I don't love it all here. I can only give you a C grade on Justin Air Bear hmm. Herbert. Keenan Allen, B grade. In the last two weeks, he leads the league in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. So you'd think it'd be an automatic A for Keenan Allen. You got to start him. But 
tough matchup. Allen lines up in the slot 60% of the time. That means he's going to have his hands full with Kyle Hamilton and Arthur Mollett. Uh, Hamilton gives up just a 57 passer rating, and Mollett hasn't allowed a touchdown all year. So, I mean, there's just it's a tough spot. Mm. Since week two, Baltimore has only allowed four touchdowns to wide receivers. And that brings us to uh, the tight end position. Donald Parham. If Gerald Everett is out, and it looks like he's going to be out for this game, I think Parham's startable. With Everett out last week, Parham ran 30 routes. In games where Parham has run 23 or more routes, he averages five targets, four catches, 50 yards, and half a touchdown. We'll take that. Mm -hmm. That's a win for a tight end. Over the last five weeks, Baltimore's allowed the fifth most tight end reception. So, yeah, let's uh, let's give Parham a shot with a C grade. And then what about Quentin Johnson? You Wait, you're yeah. totally... You're totally uh, skipping over Stone Cold Smart. I know. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Apparently, he's got a pedigree as Stone a Cole Smart. as a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a tight end, something like that in his history. He's apparently he's a great athlete. Six four, two twenty six. Got yeah. That, yep. Well, Parham's even bigger than that. Let yeah, me guess. He, he played basketball at some point in life. Probably. Did. <laughs> uh, Quentin Johnson. It's we're only half a season into his rookie year, so we're not. I'm not calling anybody a bust, but he might be a bust. I mean, he had a game-changing drop last week. Mm. This is like the premium. You know, he's had so many great opportunities for Quentin Johnson to to Johnston. be a impact, Johnston yes. to make it to be a big part of this offense hasn't happened yeah. yet, and it's not probably yeah, happening against Baltimore. That's the problem. When sometimes I see people being like, "Oh, Julio Jones only did this in his first, you know, nine, ten games." players who only did so much in their first nine or 10 games. Yeah. I'm like, but Johnson's had the opportunities and hit him in the chest and dropped. Right. You know, that's the worry. Rams taking on the cards, Brian on the Rams side. You already told us uh, about Matthew Stafford, who you liked in this matchup. Cooper cup's going to play. Yeah. Cooper cup is going to play. I, I had a, an a on Puka Nakua assuming cup was going to sit. I thought they might rest them in this game, but again, they're not. So I got a, a B on both cup and Nakua. And I mentioned this earlier, the Rams and Cardinals did meet uh, in week six uh, for the first meeting of the season, so we'll reference that. Puka only had four catches for 26 scoreless yards in the first meeting. Cup went off for seven catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. But, but that could easily be flip-flopped. You're not going to sit either one when they're healthy. So just a B, though, for Cup and Nakua. 2-2 Atwell was going to be my take-a-chance-me wide receiver if Cup sat. Yeah. But Cup is playing, so Atwell is on the bench. And Tyler Higby was going to get a C if Cup sat because uh, Higby has averaged six and a half targets and 50 yards per game with Cup on the sideline. But, again, Cup playing, so he could be on the bench. But guess who's not on the bench and who is back? Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, my boy. Uh, I wanted to give him an A. I thought he was going to walk into a full-time, the full-time, you know, workload. Sean McVay has kind of hinted they'll ease him back in. I don't mm -hmm. totally buy it. I still think he leads the Rams' backfield in touches. He had 158 rushing yards and a score in the first meeting. He didn't need to catch a pass because the Rams kind of rolled the Cardinals in this one. Uh, Arizona has surrendered the third most PPR points to running back. So a safe B for Ky Kyron Williams in his return. And Royce Freeman back to the bench. He did beat out Daryl Henderson, though, which they I did, did not see yeah, coming. They dropped Henderson altogether. I mean, if you're in a super deep, deep league, Royce Freeman might be uh, playable in a pinch. But uh, for the most part, he is on the bench. Over the Arizona side, James Conner. Forever gets a C, basically. Uh, did not play in the first meeting, so no no recent history there. But he has touched the ball at least 16 times in the two games since returning from IR, but not the best matchup for Connor. The Rams are allowing just 109 combo yards 
per game. So again, per usual, just a, a volume C for James Conner. And over to the passing game, it's a little messy here. Uh, Michael Wilson ruled out again. He will yeah. not play. So we got Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and Greg Dortch. Mm. I'm going to give all of them a C. Brown was targeted 11 times in the first meeting, but only caught four balls for 36, 34 scoreless yards. But again, Josh Dobbs was the quarterback then. They have a quote-unquote new quarterback now. That is <laughs> Kyler Murray. So Hollywood should still be Murray's preferred option at wide receiver. Moore caught a long touchdown last year on his only target, but uh, Greg Dortch, he led the, the Cardinals in uh, receiving. So I like Brown, then Dortch, then Moore with C grades in that order. And lastly, Kyler Murray, was your take a chance on me quarterback charge? Yeah. I'm what sorry, not lastly, Trey, yeah. Trey McBride lastly. Trey McBride in here. Didn't come through with that A grade last year, but uh, still commands a ton of targets when Murray's the quarterback. He had four catches for 62 yards in the first game, Trey McBride. And that was that with was Zach, Zach Ertz, Ertz was healthy then. playing. Yeah, Ertz not playing in this game. The Rams allowing nearly five catches and 60 yards per game to tight ends. So a safe B for Trey McBride. All right. When we come back, a segment we like to call premature speculation. We'll give you guys you can pick up this week that would normally not be available or people try to pick up. next. You know how this works. Yeah. Premature speculation coming up next. Stay tuned. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly for this week number 12. Man, the playoffs are almost here. Unbelievable. Yeah. So close. I think it's Galaga, Defender, mm. something like something that. Like I'm, that. I'm not positive. Uh, this yes, is a segment is. we call Premature Speculation. Players you want to pick up now that other people will be trying to pick up next week. Scott, who you got? I'm going to go with A.T. Perry with Michael Thomas sideline for a bit here. A.T. Perry is the next man up, 6'5", 210, 40. I know, I know Charge is the type of guy that loves those metrics. Yes, Alave and Shahid are out there, but Perry got four more, four targets and a score after Thomas went down. Not just that, he led the team in snaps after mm. Thomas went down, so yeah. he, he was out there. There's, there's a non-zero chance he becomes something. Right, right. Okay, A.T. Perry, kind of interested in that angle. Brian, who's your premature speculation player? Not super exciting, but you might just have yourself a starting running back down the stretch, and that is uh, Cincinnati's Travion Williams, and it's this simple. The Bengals are in last place in their division right now. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. They're not. What is the point of continually running Joe Mixon into the ground, who's really done nothing anyway? Why not at some point? And Travion Williams is the only running back who's been getting touches. Granted, it's a change of pace other than Mixon. So, Travion Williams, they might just run him out there, and he'll get 15, 20 touches a game. And not that you're going to – he's an auto start, but he's a nice player to have on your bench at the very least. For sure. Travion Williams. All right. My premature speculation is also a backup running back. Kenneth Gainwell from Philadelphia. Now, do you guys remember back in August when we yeah, all— Yeah, he was going to be the starter. Well, we didn't know for sure, right? right? You know, But we were like, oh, it's, there's too many guys. And, and mm-hmm. n- most of us passed on DeAndre Swift many, many times in the draft, right? Yeah. So he went off the board in like round six of most fantasy drafts, I'm estimating. Much of our hesitation was because of Swift's history of injury, mm-hmm. which is very real. Spanning all three of his Detroit seasons, he missed significant time in all of those seasons, despite never even being a workhorse. Fast forward to today. Swift's logging 20 touches per game since week two, a pace that puts him behind only Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, and Travis Etienne. That's it. Then DeAndre Swift. Now, it's hard to guess right on when a player's going to be injured. Right. But we can look at a player who had a three-year track record of injury and go, okay, now he's touching the ball 20 times a game. Or or a, a Philly team that might realize, oh, we're in it to win the Super Bowl, not these last games of the season. That was my other point. Okay. On this. Exactly. I'm glad I jumped in so, to steal that's it. Right. I'm, that's fine. The Eagles are 9-1. and one, So at some point they might start playoff planning and want to keep Swift healthy. So there's two different scenarios where Kenneth Gainwell can end up being a meaningful participant. In the uh, for your team, yeah, fantasy managers who are re- relying on Eagles, they you we want them to lose at least one game because <laughs> if they win out, right? They're sitting. I think Dal- to- Dallas is so close though, right? And Dallas playing great ball yeah, right now, counters, eight and so. three, but they they still need the Eagles to lose a game, which they could this week. What a great segue! I'll kick it to charge. Oh, yeah, your, your that's job. really good. Yeah, uh, that's it's Bills versus Eagles, Scott. Let's let's go to you for this game. Yeah. Um, Let's start. I want to start 
Bills side of this. Okay, sure. Josh Allen, yeah. a lot of inconsistent performances, but from a fantasy standpoint, yeah. it's all been good for yeah, us. Yeah, it doesn't matter from a fantasy standpoint. In fact, he's got multiple scores in 10 straight. In fact, he's got multiple scores in 13 of the last 14 games dating back to last year, so he's always getting those for you. Yes. The Eagles have allowed multiple scores to passers in three straight, and they allow the third most touchdowns, six most passing yards. It's an A grade for Josh Allen. I really didn't need to go over all of that. Uh, Stefan Diggs is going to get an A grade. He's he's uh, although Kincaid has been outproducing Diggs since yeah. Knox went down. Right. He's still Diggs, and this Eagles defense is allowing the most receptions, fifth most yards, second most touchdowns to wide receiver, which is a little surprising because they got Bradbury and Slay on the outsides mm-hmm. there. But they're allowing the part of it is. Game scripts are forcing teams to pass to catch up to the Eagles when they get ahead. So yeah. that's a lot. That's a big part of that. But I do have an A grade on Diggs. I have Gabe Davis on the bench, despite uh, uh, I believe Joe Brady's the OC there now um, for the Bills. Yes. Yes. He said something like Gabe Davis, who didn't have a catch, had the best game of the wide receivers last week doing the <laughs> blocking he did and the run game oh, and all that, that stuff. That's sweet. That does not help us. <laughs> I know. Bench grade on Gabe Davis. Two goose eggs in the last three weeks. I just can't trust that Khalil Shakir I actually have a C grade on Eagles fourth worst against the slot um he's outproduced uh Gabriel Davis since Knox went out so, and and they started playing more 11 personnel putting Shakir in the slot um he also gets to avoid Bradbury and Slay and stay inside and, and of yeah, course bad. they're bad against the slot so a grade Dalton Kincaid, third among tight ends wow. uh, in separation. Uh, Dawson Knox went down. Kincaid outproduced Diggs since. I've mentioned all of that, but three straight tight ends have scored on the Eagles. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Jake Ferguson, Logan Thomas. They've allowed six tight end touchdowns in the last 10 games. Um, and in those last three games, each lead tight end top 16 PPR points. I got an A grade there. James Cook. This is where it gets a little tougher. I have a C grade on James Cook. He's he's his rushing yards over expectation is one of the tops in the league. But the Eagles allow the fewest combo yards, touchdowns, and fewest touch touches to backs because pe- teams try to pass on them. Cook does have a hundred plus total yards in back to back games. He's finally seen a little bit more goal line work. We saw the five yard touchdown reception last week. Yeah. But what does worry me? It's a tough matchup, and Ty Johnson started playing ahead. Of Latavius Murray last week and taking like he caught four balls. Yeah, how about that? if he starts yeah. taking the those and Latavius and Cook even split the goal line work, that's rough spot for James Cook. I'm only giving him the C, hoping he gets 12 to 15 touches, maybe a couple catches. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty much a volume C for James Cook in this one. It'd be much different if Ty Montgomery didn't jump in for catches. Oh. Yeah. Over on the Philly side, I have A grades on Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Uh, I don't really know how much I have to talk about it, but in the last nine games, uh, Jalen Hurts has multiple scores nine times. Times, <laughs> he just nine, keeps doing nine. it. Yeah. AJ Brown, nine. he does not get Legarius Sneed right. this week. That helps a ton. <laughs> so he should go back closer to the 100 plus and a touchdown streak of five games he had before that. Devonta Smith. I'm only giving him a C grade here. He's going to get Razul Douglas, who's been really stingy since he came to Buffalo. Since he came to Buffalo, he's allowing a 13.8 passer rating against. That's really good since he he switched teams. Uh, Three straight A-level days for uh, Devonta Smith, but I don't love the matchup. Middle pack there. I'm giving him a C. DeAndre Swift, B grade. 
Bills allowing the third most targets, fifth most receptions, third most receiving yards, sixth most yards per reception to running backs. They don't do well against pass catching running backs, and that is something DeAndre Swift can do pretty well. Over the last two weeks, Javante Williams had his best pass catching day against them. Uh, last week, Brees Hall had a great pass catching day against them. Uh, Swift himself has handled over 75% of the touches in the last three games, over the last three games, each game. Uh, we just kind of talked about that. He's getting all that work. Maybe it tones down, but I don't think it tones down just yet. So be great on DeAndre Swift. Makes sense. Uh, let's go to the Monday Nighter, Bears-Vikings. Uh, these teams were so bad against the run last year. Bears ranked 31st, Vikings ranked 26th against the run. Get this, over the last five weeks, which is a pretty big sample size in the NFL, the Vikings and Bears rank number one and number two in run defense. That's an amazing turnaround. Yeah, yeah amazing. It turnaround. really is. Uh, I'm going to start the Chicago side. Let's go with uh, since we're talking about the running game, they're all on the bench. Uh, unless if the if, if and you may not know you, you may not know Sunday when you need to set your lineup. If Dante Foreman's ruled out, then Khalil Herbert moves up to a C grade. But if he goes, then we've got just Ugh. it's just split backfield, yeah. and we can't do it. Uh, Herbert got the majority of the work last week in part because Foreman got knocked out of the game, but then he did nothing. He only had two yards per carry over the last five games, Minnesota allowing just 53 rushing yards per game and non Deandre Swift runners are averaging 3.1 yards per carry against Minnesota. It's a f- virtually nothing. That is, yeah, And that Deandre Swift game was way beginning of the season. It was, that was week two. Uh, let's go to the passing game. Justin Fields, B grade. It's, oh, this guy right here. In his first game off that month layoff, he got dialed up for 14 runs, 104 rushing yards. We love that. If that rushing, even close to that, is going to keep happening, I don't even care if he passes. Doesn't he just go back there and run the whole time? He faced Minnesota for about one half of week six, uh-huh. and he had already rolled up 48 rushing yards. <laughs> so you extrapolate that, and that would be 96. So on a full game, we'll take it. Vikings are an above-average pass defense, allowing exactly one touchdown pass per game over the last six weeks. Um, sounds about right for Justin Fields. One touchdown mm-hmm. pass yep. and a bunch of rushing yardage, be great for Justin Fields, uh, leaning towards A grade. Uh, DJ Moore, again, Vikings maybe without their starting cornerback at Caleb Evans, but don't know. It's a Monday nighter. You'll want to, you know, try to watch that if you can. But I think either way, you're going to start DJ Moore because he's so much more fantasy viable with Justin Fields than he was with Tyson Bajan. Minnesota leans zone heavy, um, and DJ Moore leads all Bears wideouts in targets and receptions against zone coverage, and he's 10th overall in the league against the zone. If uh, if Evans misses, I could uh, I could see moving up to an A grade because that puts Mekhi Blackman on the field, and in that situation last week, Blackman allowed receptions on all six of his targets. I'd move him up to an A grade. You may not know in time before uh, about whether or not Evans is in or out, though, on Sunday. All right, let's uh, talk about Cole Komet, the only other player for the Bears you probably care about. Much better in the Tyson-Bajan games. Almost exactly half of the stats in field starts, so that's the bad news. He's averaging just four catches, 37 yards in the field starts, but good tight ends have fared well against Minnesota. But is, do you guys think Cole, is Cole Komet a good tight end? Mm. I mean, edge of top 12. He's probably 12 to 14 range, 10 to 14 range. He has his He's moments. fine. Yeah. Like top six tight ends have done well against Minnesota, and the rest really haven't. Yeah. I've got a C grade on Cole Komet. Let's go to the Vikings side. TJ Hawkinson, a little less used last week, likely because he continues to play through a serious rib injury. And I, I worry a bit that it'll be less used this week, too, with the bye week coming. Maybe they just rest him up here. Countering that concern, 
Josh Dobbs averaging 11 targets to his tight end per game since coming to Minnesota. Most of that going to Hawkinson. Bears defense has seen the ninth most targets to tight ends, six most receptions to tight ends, and a total of five touchdowns of the position. So, A grade, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I feel pretty confident about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, feel pretty confident uh, Justin Jefferson's not going to play in this game. They're going to have him get right for the bye week next yeah. week. Jordan Addison hasn't top five receptions or scored in the Josh Dobbs era. Over the last five weeks, Chicago's allowed the fourth fewest yards to opposing wide receivers, and that's thanks mostly to emerging star cornerback Jalen Johnson, who basically just shuts down half the field. Over the last five weeks, he's allowing two receptions for 13 yards in his coverage. That is it. So it is a tough matchup for Jordan Addison. I can only get you to a C grade on him. And that brings us to this guy. Dobby Josh Dobbs, the Broncos exposed some of Dobbs' passing weaknesses last week. And if you had to rely entirely on his arm, I'd, I'd give Dobbs a C or a bench grade against an improving Chicago secondary. But fortunately, he can run. The Bears held Kirk Cousins to just 181 yards and one touchdown in the earlier matchup. And Cousins is obviously a lot better passer than Josh Dobbs. But Dobbs has scored rushing touchdowns in five straight games, and he's averaging 44 rushing yards in Vikings games, and the Bears haven't seen any mobile quarterbacks yet and haven't allowed a quarterback rushing touchdown this season. So Dobbs comes in with a B grade, thanks mostly to the legs. I think he gets, like, one passing touchdown. Mm -hmm. And if he runs for a touchdown and one passing touchdown, yeah, we'll take that. What about the running game for the Vikings? Huh, what a frustrating experience (laughs) this has been. You know, got plenty of things wrong this year. The one thing we got right... Alexander Madison, no rushing touchdowns and negative five yards on runs originating from inside the 10 yard line. Frustrating. A lot of it's been bad blocking, but that's just the reality of it. Apparently he can fumble an unlimited number of times without losing his starter status to Ty Chandler. Madison has rushed for the third worst yards over expectation at negative 80 yards. This year. So I saw you tweet that stat, and then someone accused you of cherry picking those stats by cherry picking highlights of bad blocking, but there were highlights that he omitted that were bad vision from Alexander Madison. So it was a never ending cherry picking festival of whatever. He's been bad. He's been awful. And as I mentioned at the outset of this matchup, over the past five games, Chicago ranks number one in rushing yards allowed, just 52 per game. So the entire Minnesota running game is on the bench. I would love to see Ty Chandler get a bunch of work, but apparently that's just not going to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> he says bitterly. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes before the end of the show. I was thinking about this earlier this week. First round running backs next year. We saw the running back this past draft cycle. We saw running backs fall out of the first round more than ever before. Yeah. And only Christian McCaffrey, of those that were drafted in the first round last year, only Christian McCaffrey has lived up to his draft status. Yeah. If you look ahead to next year, other than Christian McCaffrey, which running backs are going to go in the first round? I, th- I thought you were going to phrase it by which one. If there's one other one, which one it would it well, be? Well, find another one. <laughs> as of right now, not B. John Robinson, but if he closes as a bell cow, what if possibly Arthur, him, Arthur Smith gets fired? Or if Arthur Smith gets fired. But two other guys that I think could jump in, and they're both coming off major knee injury this year and yeah. getting a lot more work than I thought, are Brees Hall and Javante Williams. I think mm-hmm. they close strong. We First could see rounders, them. rounders, though? Yeah, maybe? I, I think so, yeah. I think the other two candidates are Travis Etienne and potentially Jameer Gibbs. But... Probably Gibbs not. Is, I, I think the Probably problem not. on Gibbs is always going to be yeah. not touchdowns. He's yeah. not going to get the ball at the goal line. 
and that's not changing. I think I think and yep. so many people have got I think just finally the world has figured out do the opposite. They're gonna That was that know, was me saying these are the only ones I can could think of. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jonathan Taylor, if he really just is bell cowish at the end of the yeah, season again. If he goes electric down like, the stretch, I can see that. Yeah. 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 But that's probably what it would take. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. If you missed any part of the show and you want to figure out who to bench, who to start, all my player rankings available for free at guillotineleagues.com or on the Guillotine Leagues app for those of you that have uh, have got that going. Um, and also, if you're listening to this over the air, know that it's a podcast, Fantasy Football Weekly. You can subscribe to that. And if you're listening to the podcast, know it's over the air in, in many cities around the country, uh, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Dallas, among them. We encourage you to uh, check that out as well. Best of luck in Week 12. Talk to you next week, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.